Hey, it's Mel from the Herbalist Path, and I have a quick question for you. Have you ever made your herbal remedies, and then when you went to taste them, you were like, oh man, there is no way in heck that my kids are going to take this because it's straight nasty, and they've got really picky taste buds. If you have been there, then I'm kind of glad because it means I'm not all alone, but I also want to let you know that there's totally a way you can make your herbal blends so that they not only work really, really well, but they also taste great and your kiddos are going to love them. So I'm hosting a free class. It's all about how to make your herbal remedies so they actually work and your kiddos will practically beg you for more. It's a class where science meets happy-fied taste buds, because if your taste buds aren't happy, nobody's happy, and then the herbs aren't going to work, because when the herbs are gross to your kids, I don't know about you, but have you ever had the challenge of getting them to take it anyways? Pretty much impossible for my daughter. (laughs) Anyways, if you are ready to take your herbal remedy game to the next level, join me for the class. I'm going to drop links to it in the show notes here. And then when you get registered, you're also going to be joining my new Herbalist Path community, which is a group of herb moms on this journey with you. So that way we can make herbalism not just a mom thing, but a whole family thing. And ultimately, we make herbalism spread like wildflowers. So go ahead and click the link in the show notes, get yourself registered, and I will see you inside the Herbalist Path community soon. Hello and welcome to the Herbalist Path, a podcast where you'll discover how to make your own herbal remedies at home so that you can take better care of yourself, better care of your family, and better care of our planet. I'm Mel. I'm a clinical herbalist, environmental educator, and mountain-living mama with this crazy passion for teaching more mamas and their little loves how to use plants as medicine in a safe, effective, and tasty way so that there can be an herbalist in every home again. It's an absolute honor to have you on the journey down the herbalist path with me so that together we can make herbalism Hashtag spread like wildflowers. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to another episode on the Herbalist Path. I am really, really excited to bring today's guest to you. Her name is Sarah Cox, and I was on her Finding Hope After Loss podcast a while ago. And listening to Sarah's story is really important, really beautiful. She also empowers other women to share their stories. And it's not like the typical guests that I have on this show, but I think it's so relevant to so many mamas out there. And we're going to talk about topics that may be painful to some, but are certainly not talked about enough. So Sarah, again, is the host of Finding Hope After Loss podcast, and she really helps raise awareness around the loss of babies and infertility and so many issues that women go through and often feel that they're alone. So she's going to speak so much better about it through her stories (laughs) and everything that she shares and the stories of other women she shares on her podcast. So Sarah, 
I'm so glad we are finally connecting and getting to do this show. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Your work is, again, as I was just saying, it's so incredibly important. There are, I don't even know the number. You probably know the number of how many women have experienced loss of their infants, whether during pregnancy or recently after pregnancy, things along those lines. So I'd just love to hear a little bit about you and what it is that you do and why. Okay. So, I mean, just basics about me. Um, I'm 36. I'm originally from Texas. Uh, We moved to Georgia um, about three years ago. It was literally like two months before the pandemic hit. So that was interesting to be in a brand new place. And then everything shut down. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. That would be wild. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, for, for my full-time job, I do, um, taxes and bookkeeping fun stuff. Everybody loves. Mm. <laughs> I need uh, you. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then I've been married to my husband since 2011 and we have three living children and we have a daughter in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through infertility. I have PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm-hmm. It basically means I don't have regular cycles. I don't ovulate regularly. And that obviously makes it hard to get pregnant. Right. So, um, we kind of did off and on um, fertility treatment throughout our journey to get pregnant. Um, we didn't have to go IVF, but we did like other injectable medications and um, did tried an IUI, like things like that. Um, and yeah, I had my, so we did fertility treatment. It failed. I got pregnant um, naturally the cycle after. And we credit that to acupuncture because acupuncture mm-hmm. is amazing. And, um, yeah, so then when he was two, we, you know, decided we were going to try again. Um, I actually got pregnant on my own, but had a early loss known as a chemical pregnancy, which is just like super early. Like you get a positive test and then like a day or two later, like it's negative. Like it's just such a quick thing. Like wasn't even confirmed by the doctors, but you still get that positive test. Right. And so then, um, yeah, a few months went by. We did um, fertility treatment. One of the cycles worked, but it ended in a miscarriage. We never saw um, a heartbeat with that one. And um, actually, my so when you have a loss, they monitor your um, HCG levels, and that's your pregnancy hormone. And so my levels were dropping, but then all of a sudden they started um, rising again. So they said, well, it could be ectopic. It could be just like retained tissue. We don't know. So I had to have a shot of methotrexate, which is um, kind of a, um, it's, um, what's the name of it? Like a radiation kind of drug mm-hmm. because it had to clear out anything that was remaining in there. So, um, had to kind of be put on hold for three months. We couldn't try again. Um, so yeah, we waited the three months, did another cycle. It failed cycle after got pregnant on my own with uh, my daughter, Jasmine and her, she's my daughter who ended in a stillbirth at 32 weeks at the 13 week appointment. We found out she had what's known as a congenital diaphragmatic hernia or CDH. And it basically means there's a hole in her diaphragm and it allows her other organs to push up into the chest cavity, pushes the lungs over, pushes the heart over, um, and it restricts the lung growth. 
So, you know, we were kind of told, okay, 50-50 chance that she would make it based on this. Long story short, we um, met with a specialist that we were going to relocate to who had success with um, doing the surgery on CDH babies, like had a lot of success. But we hit another roadblock and found out that she had mosaic trisomy 15, which is extremely rare, even rarer than the CDH. And um, basically we kind of didn't know what that would mean for her. Um, Mosaic trisomy is like full trisomy means every single cell in your body has that extra DNA in it. If it's mosaic trisomy, some of the cells have the extra and some of the cells don't. So it's hard to say which cells and which part of the body have that extra in it and which didn't. So she could have you know, the heart could be highly impacted and maybe the liver isn't, or, you know, it's just kind of hard. They can't tell like where those cells are basically. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, our plan was still relocate, still try to do that. Um, but ultimately, um, we lost her at 32 weeks Mm -hmm. and then, you know, fast forward six months and we did fertility treatments, got pregnant with my rainbow daughter. She was born healthy. And then, um, up to date last year, I had a surprise pregnancy and had my uh, third daughter. So that's kind of our story in a nutshell. <laughs> what a journey that it, it sounds like a, an emotional roller coaster to say the least, like definitely a lot of struggle, a lot of joy, a lot of sadness, a lot of confusion, like yeah, I always say pregnancy loss, it, it's just one of those, it's like every emotion that hits you all at once at the same time. And it's just like, I, you know, just every single emotion, like imaginable, I probably yeah. felt at some point in that journey. <laughs> yeah, I bet you did. What, like, what are some of the, and I know you talk with a lot of other moms and help a lot of moms process this challenge and the struggles and the emotions and this, I'm really curious, maybe it's not the right question to ask, but what are some of the most common emotions that you see among all the moms that have experienced a loss? I think that's a great question, actually. Um, Some of the emotions can actually be pretty surprising Mm -hmm. um, because obviously we're going to feel the sadness and the grief. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a given. Um, A lot of anger, you know, why did this happen? Um, a lot of guilt, like, did I do something to cause this? We all blame ourselves, even though mm-hmm. here to tell you loss is never your fault, but we all blame ourselves. Right. Um, and then another one that I find, you know, surprising that I dealt with myself is jealousy mm. because yeah. you're jealous of, you know, those who, not that you want people to go through loss, but you're just kind of jealous of those who haven't been through it. Like I want right. to be that person, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but yeah, I think those are the most the most common ones and, you know, um, like worry to like, what if I'm not able to get pregnant again? What if I lose another baby? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think those are the most, the most common ones. Absolutely. Understandably. So like, I, I imagine I would feel the same way. And as you talked about loss, I was like, Oh, I haven't experienced that. I'm really lucky. And then I realized that my mom did. And it makes me wonder, like, did she ever get to process that? Did she ever get to feel that? And I'm I'm pretty sure she never did, you know, and I'd love to hear a little bit, 
gosh, it's so much to process, right? Like, do you ever fully process it? I'd just love to hear a little bit about that journey and how you've been able to work through the guilt and the anger and the sadness and and the grief. It's It's so much. Yeah, it definitely is. And um, she was born in 2018. So, you know, she would have been five this year. So obviously, I found this year um, to hit really hard because she should have been starting kindergarten. So it was kind of a a hard year. Um, And I've had, I mean, five years is a lot, but it's also not a lot when you think about it. Um, So for me, it's been just time. Like, I wouldn't say the grief ever goes away. Mm -hmm. But you do kind of learn how to how to live with it and how to just manage it in your life. So um, I've been lucky that I had um, so I had supportive family and friends. But you know, even even when you have support, like loss is just a really lonely time. Mm-hmm. So I found that reaching out and connecting with other lost families has been like the most helpful thing because they know exactly how you're feeling. They don't judge you for how you're feeling, you know. And then kind of my path led me to you know, helping other lost families. And that's been extremely beneficial for me because not only am I helping other people heal, but it's healing me at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I love what you are doing with your podcast, with your project, finding your rainbow, with helping all of these other moms. And I would love for you to dish out what you do with all of that and share because I'm pretty confident there are women and moms listening to this that have dealt with loss and are probably still feeling that grief and never really had the opportunity to process it like my mom. Yeah. And and that's made me really sad that there are people who have not been able to talk about it for whatever reason, whether it's you know, because they were part of a prior generation that didn't talk about it. Or Mm -hmm. even now our generation is talking about it more, but it's still not like something everybody's comfortable, you know, talking about. So nobody wants to face the sad. Yes. And I mean, I get it. Like, you know, the thought of losing a child is just like, it's so uncomfortable that nobody wants to think about it. And yeah, "Yeah, but we didn't want to think about it either. But here we are. Right. (laughs) Like, we we, we didn't want to be here either. Right. But um, yeah, so with my, um, with my rainbow daughter, I had um, a rainbow skirt that I bought to use in my maternity pictures. And it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to describe, but it's, it's a giant skirt. And Mm -hmm. you just wear it like over, over like a dress or whatever. It's kind of an overskirt. And so then it was like in 2020 is when I started it. And I was like, I'm just going to send it out to other lost families. Um, They're just going to take pictures with the skirt. And then um, I'm going to share their stories. So I had, you know, a few participants in 2020 kind of grew in 21. It's been growing since then. And now um, I just shared um, story number 330. It's been to five countries. It's been to the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, and Peru. And then it's been to all but like six states. So oh, we're close so on all the states. Yeah. <laughs> and it's terrible to wish for, for somebody to need it in that state, you know? But I know. I'm like, come on, anybody from Maine or Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't have to deal with this. But if you do, I'm here Does for you. you know there's somebody. Come on. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Tell me more about that though. Like 
the skirt. So just FYI for anybody listening, you can totally see pictures of this skirt on her website, which is journeyforjasmine.com. And it is beautiful. It's like this, it's almost like as long as a set of sheer drapes and some it, of the photos. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. The photos of these moms in this beautiful rainbow skirt and the love and then the joy. It's It's really inspiring. And I could see where that would just feel really great to anybody going through that grieving process and um, go check it out for sure. So I still want to hear more about like this journey and this skirt and the support for these moms. And, um, you know, have they ever gotten back to you with a like, thank you. You know, I'm sure they have. Yeah, I've definitely, (laughs) yeah, I've definitely had um, a lot of people who are like, okay, this was, really hard to write about, but I'm so glad I did it because it was super healing. And then a lot of people say, you know, it just feels so like powerful to wear it to know that, you know, you're wearing something that all these other lost moms have. I think I've had, um, it was like a couple of people that described it as it feels like a hug, like a hug from all the people who have worn it before you. Like it's going to be okay. You're not alone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You know that you're not the only one who's gone through it. Yeah. And, um, you know, everybody takes pictures differently with it. So I love seeing, you know, I've had people who are pregnant with their rainbow, people who already had their rainbow, and then people who don't have it yet or who may never have one. But the point of it is, it's called Project Finding Your Rainbow because it's to find your rainbow after loss. And that doesn't have to be a baby. Mm. For a lot of people, it is. But for some people... That's not where their journey takes them. Mm -hmm. But it's trying to show that you can still have hope again and that you can still, you know, find that joy after going through loss. Yeah. Yeah. That is so important. Um, And what are some of the ways that you are seeing people aside from a rainbow baby? Like, how are they finding their rainbow? What other ways? I know you, you briefly mentioned it, but I'd love to dive a little deeper in case there are people listening that are like, I I never was able to, you know? So I've had, um, excuse me. I've had, uh, some people who have started their own business doing, you know, various things. I've had, um, some people who have started nonprofits for other lost families in honor of their baby, or maybe have started, um, something else related to lost, um, and lost families. And then I've had people who um, weren't able to, you know, biologically have another child. So they ended up adopting a child, which, you know, that's still their rainbow baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are some of the main ways. And then some people who do it, go ahead and do it in hopes of having their rainbow baby. And then sometimes I get to come back and do the updates that they've had their baby. And I love that. Oh, that's so great. That is really, really beautiful. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit and just kind of get uh, a bit on the technical side of things, since obviously you have a lot of experience in this realm. But you spoke to how you went through infertility treatment for a long time. You also spoke about how you had a miscarriage and a stillbirth. And I'd love for you to just share, like, where's the drawing line from, like, a miscarriage to to stillbirth? Hey, I wanted to 
take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast, who make this show possible for me and possible for you too. So here it goes. I love this time of year. It's spring, the sun is shining, and all of our beautiful plant friends are popping up. It's amazing. Unless, of course, you're one of the millions of people who suffer from seasonal allergies. You know, the itchy, watery eyes, the sneezing and wheezing that's straight miserable. Thankfully, there are some amazing herbs that can help you with all of that, just like the herbs inside of Kick-Ask Allergy from Wish Garden Herbs, one of my absolute favorite herbal companies out there. Kick-Ask Allergy, yes, I said ask without the K at the end. Anyways, this formula has yerbasanta, nettles, echinacea for that immune support, and orange peels, all which come together to help dry up those excessive mucosal secretions. Yep, I'm talking about the sniffles and the stuffy nose, the watery eyes, and all that jazz. This blend also acts as a great expectorant and can help ease the swelling and inflammation in those mucosal tissues. It is a top go-to for seasonal allergies. And get this, they combine all those beautiful herbs with glycerin, so it actually tastes pretty darn good. Or should I say it tastes kick-ass without the K at the end. Anyways, if allergy season is miserable for you and you want a natural remedy that actually works for those itchy eyes and being all sneezy and wheezy, you have got to check out Wish Garden Herbs Kick Ask Allergy. And for those of you with the little kiddos, no sweat, they've got a kick it allergy too. And you pregnant mamas? You don't have to suffer either. They've got a kick-ass allergy formula just for you. So head over to wishgardenherbs.com or check out the link in the show notes and go grab yourself some kick-ass allergy so you can enjoy spring again. Yeah. Medically speaking, it's defined a miscarriage is before 20 weeks. A stillbirth is after 20 weeks. Um, I think, I mean, I think when you think of a miscarriage, you typically think of those really early weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me personally, I think it's kind of whatever term you feel most comfortable using. Right. Because there's definitely times where it would be classified as a miscarriage, but to you, you delivered your baby. baby. So that is absolutely a stillbirth, you know? So I think they had to medically draw the line somewhere, but I think it's whatever term you want to use. Right. And I did get kind of offended at one of my doctors here who called my stillbirth a miscarriage. Cause I'm like, Mm -hmm. uh, no, that was 32 weeks. That was, uh, Clearly, pretty far, yeah, pretty far <laughs> along here, buddy. I definitely um, corrected them every time. Like, no, that was a stillbirth. Yeah, <laughs> use the right term. <laughs> let's not offend people in a very clear, clear thing here. Yeah, that's... And, and then also, um, I just wanted to add that you know, there's what's known as a neonatal loss, which is where your baby is born breathing, but um, passes within, I think it's within 30 days of mm. of being born. And those aren't miscarriages either. Those are, that is a completely different kind of loss. So I know I've had several people who have gone through that, that said, 
um, family and friends have referred to it as a miscarriage and they're like, no, my baby was born breathing. This is different. So yeah. I think the terminology matters most to the person who's been kind of through the experience. Mm-hmm. Very sad and challenging to deal with in all of the ways for sure. Um, I definitely have quite a few people close to me that have been through that and I really need to make sure that they are turned on to your podcast and to what you do and to know that they are not alone which when you you said that just mildly off subject but not I was watching a show with my daughter last night in fact and it was one of her favorite little kids shows Kiki Walk Camp Kiki Walker or something like that it's a, like an outdoor camp and one of the kids at this camp was going his parents were going through a divorce and the camp counselor was trying to console him and he was just like are your parents divorced and she was like no and he's like you can have zero idea how I feel and so she brought in another kid who had been through it and he felt that bond and that camaraderie and was just like, oh, I'm not alone. And I, I feel like that's exactly what you're doing. Like, yes, it's beautiful to have your family support and people that love you and care about you and, you know, are here for you. But there's so much more to be said to just know you're not alone, you know? Yes, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, family and friends do... They want to understand how you're feeling, but it's just something you just can't fully comprehend unless you have been through it. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I feel about parenthood. You know, you have your single (laughs) childless friends that are like, oh, parenthood should be like this and do that. And then you get into the world of parenthood and you're like, you're telling me how to what? (laughs) You you can't understand it by any. Yeah. All those things that you're like, I'm never going to do that as a parent. And you're like, you know what? Eat the cracker off the floor. As long as you're not crying, just eat the cracker. Yes, exactly. Maybe. (laughs) For sure. Like, oh, all those things that I thought were just going to be perfect in all of the ways. (laughs) There they go. Out the door. So that's that's really um, a funny way to to relate to it all. Um, So I want to also talk about the feelings of joy when you do have that rainbow. And and I wonder, I, I imagine, that they're also mixed still with the grief and the sadness. Like, mm-hmm. how is how is that? Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those tough things because you feel guilty almost for having those moments at first because you're like, Oh, I can't, I can't be laughing. Like I'm sad. I just lost my daughter, you know? Um, so I, I found that like when I came home from the hospital right after I had her, um, I came home and I, it was just me and my husband, my son was with, um, my dad. And I was like, I need to do something normal. I said, I just want to like watch something funny and laugh because I've been Mm -hmm. crying like all weekend. And like, I just, I just want to be normal. So I remember we turned on like America's Funniest Home Videos and I was laughing. And then I was like, oh my God, I shouldn't be laughing. Like I just delivered her yesterday or, you know, I shouldn't be, shouldn't be laughing. But, you know, as, as time has gone on, I'm like, it's okay. Like you don't, you don't have to be sad every single moment of every single day for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned earlier, the grief is never going to go away. So, I mean, do you really want to? to like sit around and just be sad all the time. I mean, I didn't, you know, it's just, so I I stopped, um, 
I told myself to like, stop feeling guilty for those moments because you have to, you have to keep going on, especially for, you know, my son at the time. And now for my two daughters, like I can't, you know, sit around and not take care of them, you know? Yeah. And again, like I found now, like we, we celebrate her birthday every year and I try, um, it's a sad day for me, but I also try to, you know, like kind of hard to explain, I guess, like take joy in thinking about what she would be like if she was here. And I try to make it happy. So it's not just that, if that makes sense. It does. It does make sense. Like, how can you also still celebrate her? (laughs) Yes, exactly. Amongst the sadness, for sure. Um, That's, that's really nice. And I'm sure that it's nice for your other children to also celebrate and recognize and 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 have some gratitude too because they are here in their loving caring laughing arms you know laughing and crying um yeah yesterday um for the first time so my daughter my rainbow she is four now and so she wasn't um she wasn't here yet when jasmine was born um and so i tell her you know you have two sisters you have an older sister who's not here and then you have your younger sister and so yesterday um my my mom's here visiting for um she was here for the Thanksgiving holiday and she's staying mm-hmm. this week and she was taking my daughter upstairs to go to bed and I heard her say, I have a sister named Jasmine. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never heard her like just say it kind of unprompted. Mm-hmm. So that just kind of made your heart happy. For me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is really, really sweet and so nice to hear. And that she's saying it to your mom too. Just mm-hmm. having that lineage is really, really beautiful. I love that so much. Um Gosh, there is, I feel like <clears throat> there's just so much to say and and so much to share around this whole topic. And, and again, I just, I love what you're doing in sharing all of these stories in spreading the love and helping other moms feel embraced and not alone. And in that, I would love to hear if you don't mind sharing, of course, I'm asking a lot of very personal questions. So if I get too personal, just be like, "Uh, uh-uh, lady, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'd love to hear like what kinds of therapeutic modalities have really helped you navigate all of this. Um, so like I mentioned, acupuncture was really, um, it was really crucial to me in regulating my cycles and helping to get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also went after my loss because, um, you know, at first like <laughs> acupuncture, you're like, this is weird. Like something like yeah. all these nails and like, <laughs> it is weird. And it's great. like, there's no way that this could work. And then you see that it does. So, um, I had a really great lady in Texas and I miss her, <laughs> mm. but, um, yeah, so I, I did that. And then I found um, during my pregnancy with Jasmine, since we knew about the diagnosis and we're facing, you know, these obstacles already, um, I had started writing about my pregnancy. So I continued writing um, after the loss. I got involved also with Pregnancy After Loss Support, which is um, a great organization. And I started writing um, about my loss for them. And then also about my rainbow pregnancy. I I was one of their... Um, they call them their bump day bloggers. So I would write every week about going through my pregnancy after loss. So um, yeah, the acupuncture helped, the writing helped, um, counseling helped a lot. Yeah. Just having somebody to process it with mm-hmm. and to and to release those tears in a safe space 
and mm-hmm. feel held again. Yeah. Kind of somebody and, who doesn't know you, um, who yeah. doesn't like pass judgment. Yes, exactly. And they are there solely for you. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> it's really, really nice. Um, and I could see where the power of journaling and writing is really, really important. I'm glad that you had an outlet for it and continue to use that outlet through what you do. I think that's really magnificent. Um, I'm curious to hear how the acupuncture was afterwards. Like I know I definitely received acupuncture during my pregnancy. Um, I would love to hear different ways in which it helped you after the fact. So one of the things that I was really struggling with is that um, I mean, I had, you know, given birth at 32 weeks. So that is full on giving birth. Like you have the postpartum, my milk came in, like everything still. Um, So one of the things I was really struggling with is my cycle not coming back, which Mm -hmm. it's hard enough with PCOS when I don't have a regular one anyways. So um, I was really frustrated and um, she was helping, you know, with kind of to try to help balance things back out, but also to help with the emotional side of it as well. So to help with the the frustration I was feeling, the the sadness I was feeling, and then also just all of the postpartum issues that I was yeah. dealing with. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, they, they forget that like you, you gave birth, like you, mm-hmm. you know, you're just like any other mom, except you don't have your baby. So it helped with um, a lot of different aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine that it, it really would. I just knew that it had to go beyond just the physical aspects, you know. Um, and that's a really powerful thing that you just said that just really struck me hard is just like you also just gave birth, just like all the other moms, only you don't have your baby in your hand. Yeah, um, it's that's... it's hard because then you, you know, like like I said, my milk came in and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I just want this gone. Like, please just dry up. And, you know, it's hard to like, look at yourself in the mirror sometimes because you have, you know, the stretch marks, you have the extra weight, you have, Mm -hmm. you look like you just gave birth because you did just give birth. So it's, um, it's really a complicated time, like physically and emotionally, you know? Yeah, I bet. I really do bet that it is. Let's shift a bit and, and talk about the joyous feeling when you do have your rainbow baby if if you don't mind like yeah so (laughs) so yeah let's say pregnancy after loss is a process it Mm -hmm. is terrifying it is you know like you go in like afraid that every ultrasound there's going to be like bad news you know um and it's really hard I I try to tell people a lot like you have to still find moments of joy because you can't let the anxiety like overwhelm you because then you won't enjoy any part of that pregnancy mm-hmm. and it's already hard enough, you know, as it is. So I definitely made sure like we found out the sex as soon as we could, we chose names for them so that I could call them their name, you know, before they were born. And that kind of helped me connect with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, you know, a lot of people are afraid to buy things because right. I want to have to, you know, have another loss and then have all this stuff. But um, I, you know, I picked themes for their room. I bought stuff and I was like, okay, you're just going to, you know, you're going to pretend that this is a normal pregnancy. <laughs> you know? right. And um, 
Yeah. It, when she was born, I was just, I cried. I was just like, Oh my God, like she's here. Like she's breathing on me. <laughs> I felt like all the nurses were like trying to ask me all these questions. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. Like, I, can't, I can't hear you right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> those yeah. questions that nurses love to ask, you're like, do you think I'm paying any attention to you right now at all? <laughs> like the most amazing thing just happened to me and you're asking me that? <laughs> yeah. I know. Like, so you can make a, a note about something. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and then actually my, so a baby born after a rainbow baby, um, if there's no losses in between are sometimes called a pot of gold baby. Aww. So that's what um, I, my youngest daughter is um, my surprise baby. And that pregnancy was really, really hard too, because I was in a new state, Mm -hmm. new doctor had to deliver at a new hospital. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was crazy. And um, she ended up coming two weeks early, Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. Like I basically went from having no signs of labor to waking up at night, like completely soaked and having contractions like three minutes apart. I'm like, Oh my God, like I got to get to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, since she came early, we had no family here. So um, I actually had to give birth to her alone because my husband had to stay with the kids. They wouldn't let the kids stay up there because it wasn't um, visiting hours. I'm like, really? You couldn't just let them like wait in the waiting room. (laughs) Oh yeah. So that was definitely an experience. She came fast mm-hmm. and, sounds like it um yeah but they're all here <laughs> so yeah. I'm very grateful for that and um grateful to have them it's grateful to have jasmine too that is really so beautiful i am grateful for all your stories just because you get to help so many others now like i can imagine where that's a really healing process for you as well and i'd love to hear from you if you have any words of wisdom for any moms out there experiencing loss, like what would you just say to them if they're listening right now and are feeling heard and not alone, thanks to you being on this show and the work that you do, but just any words of wisdom you have for those moms. I would say the number one most important thing is you have to find support. And I know you hear that all the time, but like, seriously, you have to find support and it doesn't, I think the surprising thing is that it's not always who you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It may not be your family. It may not be your partner. It may not be a friend. It may be an acquaintance. It may be a coworker. It could be somebody you don't know online, a stranger, but they've also been through loss. So then, you know, you kind of bond over that. Mm-hmm. So actually, um, I have a good friend who I met online who also had a baby with um, CDH like Jasmine, and she lost her son a week before I lost Jasmine. Mm. So we lost them. And then we pretty much started talking every day. And then, so now she's one of my best friends. So, you know, it's, it doesn't, like I said, you have to have somebody because you Mm -hmm. can't do it alone. And even if you think you can do it alone, why would you want to do it alone? Right. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to be tough. You don't have to be strong. Like, just you can feel the help, accept the support. <laughs> yeah. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. That's a really, really important thing to do. And I think it's, it can be so hard for people, especially women to accept support. I know I'm not very good at that. So <laughs> I can imagine how many moms are out there that are just like, I'm just going to go hide and tuck this all in and keep this pain to myself. And 
that's that's heartbreaking to me. <laughs> it is, but I but I agree that you know so many people are, especially women, are like that. We're just expected to just go on like nothing happened, like go back and be normal, like don't be sad, you know, just don't talk about Get it. Up. <laughs> I know, basically. I got like, something you, for your chin, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it actually yeah. reminds me of something that. It was like funny, but not funny that I saw the other day. It was like, um, it said something like, you know, a woman could show up at the, at the ER with like her arm hanging off and then they'll still ask, when was the first day to your last period? (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, it's so true, but (laughs) it is so true. Hello. I am a human. There are things (laughs) happening right now. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. That's hilarious. And sadly true. <laughs> it is. I mean, I yeah. feel like, you know, just so many, so many people think they can't talk about it because people don't want to, they don't want to hear about the sadness. They just mm-hmm. want you to be like your normal self. And we're not our normal self ever again. You're never right. the same person. Yeah, people absolutely. need to accept that. Yeah, I think that's a really important perspective. Actually, in, in our in my apothecary mama community last month in October, our guest speaker, brilliant, beautiful woman, her name is Jacqueline Clemens, and she is a postpartum doula. And she came in and spoke about postpartum nourishment. And it was a very deep class, far more than the title sounds. But one of the things that she said that I think it's really relevant to what you just said is that postpartum is forever. And I think that is definitely applicable in the case of loss as well. Like that is forever. You don't just get over it. You have now completely changed. Your body has changed. The chemicals in your body, the hormones, all of it is different forevermore. So. Yes, exactly. I mean, whether you have a living baby or not, you're right. Like you are forever changed. You're never, never the same. Yeah. Your body's different. Your your emotions are different. Your mind is different. Like it's it's all different. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, this is amazing. I would thank you for sharing your story so much. I I I really love to hear it. As sad as so much of as it of it can be, there's still so much blessing in the way that you are reaching out and helping so many other women recognize that they are not alone and celebrating those rainbows, however they may come about for each individual. And I would love for you to share a bit more about like exactly what you do and how if anybody who is listening to this show right now can find support and camaraderie and that hug in a rainbow skirt, if that's what they need, just share a little more again about what you do and how they can find you. Sure. So um, my website is uh, journeyforjasmine.com. And that's kind of where I had started everything. So I started just by posting all the stories are there. So you can see all the stories. Um, and then also there's lots of other resources, like other articles about, um, you know, things you go through trying to get pregnant or just after loss, just lots of helpful information there. Um, and then my uh, podcast is Finding Hope After Loss. You can find that on all the major platforms. Again, that's um, sharing stories of, of infertility, sharing stories of loss and um, all the issues surrounding it, which is, you know, trying to get pregnant after loss, pregnancy after loss, parenting after loss, like a little bit of, of everything. So I'm sure um, everyone can find something they can relate to on there. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, my social media is also Journey for Jasmine on Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And then information for the skirt is also on the website as well. There's a project finding your rainbow tab that you can read all about how to, how to participate. Especially if you're in Maine or Vermont yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or the four other States. No. <laughs> I kid, but not. <laughs> um, sad reality is we all know that there's somebody there that could really embrace that skirt. So, um, well, thank you. Thank you again so much. It's really been great to hear your story. And again, I, I love what you're doing for so many people. It's well, really thank powerful. you so much for, for letting me share it. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of The Herbalist Path. Being on this journey with you is absolutely incredible. If you dig this episode, please leave me a review on your favorite podcast player and share it with your friends so that together we can make herbalism hashtag spread like wildflowers. On another note, I must mention that while I know you're getting some good info here, it's important to remember that this podcast is purely for entertainment and educational purposes and is not intended to be a substitute for medical treatment. While the information in this podcast is absolutely relevant, herbs work differently for each person and each condition. That's why I recommend you work with a qualified practitioner, whether that be another herbalist, a naturopath, or your doctor. So thank you again. I am truly Truly honored that you're tuning into these episodes and on the path with me to make sure that there's an herbalist in every home again. Don't forget to share this episode with your friends so that we can make herbalism. Hashtag spread like wildflowers. I wanted to take a quick pause to show some love and gratitude to our sponsors of the Herbalist Path podcast, who make this show possible for me and possible for you, too. So here it goes. Medicinal mushrooms are all the rage these days, if you didn't know already. And with great reason, because they are powerful medicine that can improve your health and your life in so many different ways when they're well-made. Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of stuff on the market that isn't going to be so effective. And that's why you need to find a brand that you can actually trust. For me, that brand is Whole Sun Wellness. And this is the creation of a brilliant woman and fellow mama, Jamie Bonfiglio. She's an international mushroom educator that has been working in the medicinal mushroom industry for years. And this is when she saw firsthand how many other companies take shortcuts when it comes to their products. And Jamie wasn't having it. She set out to build her company the right way. Whole Sun Wellness is here to raise the industry standards so those crap mushrooms on the market aren't getting into your body or your family's body. Whole Sun Wellness is the first company to test and report nutritional facts for all of their extracts. They go beyond industry standards every step of the way, from sourcing to extraction and final testing. And as the owners of the largest medicinal mushroom farm in the United States, Whole Sun Wellness is taking control of their supply chain for the highest quality and absolute full transparency. They're even the first company to include pure mycelium extract in every single product. 
So when you're thinking of getting medicinal mushrooms for you and your family, Whole Sun Wellness is exactly the ones you want. Also, be sure to check out their new Mycolites. These are the world's first dissolvable electrolyte tablets. They're featuring functional mushroom extracts that'll give you more energy, more stamina, and recovery as well. And who couldn't use all of that? The other thing is, they are these adorable little mushroom-shaped tablets, and they come in like a little Altoids box, but way cooler than Altoids because they're Mycolites. Anyways, head to wholesunwellness.com to grab yourself some Mycolites and all of the other functional medicinal mushrooms that you and your family need. And of course, you can grab that link right here in the show notes now. 